All right, you are now tuned in to the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 180. The trade deadline is a week away. We're going to break down the players most likely to end up on different teams. Of course, Clippers and Lakers talk, and there's a fire sale in Houston, guys. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, brought to you by BasketballNews.com, episode 180. I love I love the even numbers, Drew. <laughs> I love the even numbers, 180. Happy, uh, I was going to say Thanksgiving. Happy St. Patty's Day. St. Patty's Day. Uh, Drew is wearing his green shirt. He's festive today, so shout out to all of our Irish listeners, if we have anybody in Ireland, too. Yeah, shout out to Ireland in general. This is the only day of the year I like to wear green. Uh, I, I have a, a real hatred for the color because of the Celtics. Uh, but this this is a great day. I am Irish. Uh, a good portion of my heritage is from Ireland. Uh, I, I wear I wear green once a year, and you know this. It's funny, man. This this hold this day holds a somewhat of a significant value in my relationship because when I was in high school, um, I dated my my current girlfriend. We met and dated in high school, and then. Went our separate ways and found each other again, which is all good. But I asked her out on St. Patty's Day for the, the very first time. So it's like it's our unofficial anniversary. So, yeah, it's a good day. That's a good I, day I enjoy I enjoy St. Patty's I mean, it's also like a day for drinking. So that's always a good holiday. I always appreciate holidays surrounded um, by alcohol. So. But, <laughs> well, every holiday is almost. That's what I'm saying. Alcohol. I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate the holiday. We are having a cocktail. We're back in the studio. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today. I wanted to start really quick uh, with thoughts and prayers out to Sean Bradley. If you guys haven't heard, crazy, he got hit about a block from his house on it. First of all, how big does your bike have to be to be seven six? And also, and how it, blind do you yeah. have to be to hit a seven foot six man from riding, the back riding a bike? Right from the back, and you know he was in that. Tra- I'm pretty sure I didn't research, but from my memory, I'm pretty sure he was that '93 draft with C Webb. Um, he was the second pick in that draft. I think it went C. Webb, Sean Bradley, Penny. Uh, he was drafted in 1993, second pick. Second pick. So after Chris Webber, before Penny. Yeah, he, he was drafted by the Sixers. Sixers, right? And how do you turn down a seven foot six guy at that time during that you know that era of big men? Like you kind of had to take Sean Bradley, but he he has been paralyzed, and I just feel so bad. The 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 Mavs and Mark Cuban released a statement today. Um, I guess he's in really good spirits. His wife is by his side, but I uh, just wanted to say that uh, to start the show. Now, with breaking NBA news, this is shocking NBA news. The Miami Heat have let go of Myers Leonard, have traded, excuse me, for yeah. Trevor Ariza. Uh, we knew that that wasn't going to last long. Myers, you know, really effed up last week, and he was sent to OKC for Ariza. Big pickup for Miami. Seems like OKC is going to let Myers go as well. Yep, uh, and initially it didn't seem like that, right? Because they, when they when they announced the punishment, it was like he would be suspended indefinitely, fined fifty k, and it was going to be like a week or something like that that he was going to be out of the team, and then now traded and yeah, most likely released um, after the trade by the Thunder. Um, and Trevor Ariza is the most traded NBA player in history. He is eleven times traded. Trevor wanna, Ariza. Do you want to hear it? Knicks, Magic, Lakers signs with Houston free agent. Then to the Hornets, Wizards, Rockets, signs with the Suns, free agent, Wizards, back to the Wizards, Kings, signs as a free agent, then to the Blazers, Rockets, back to the Rockets, to the Pistons, to the Thunder, to the Heat. Wow. That is crazy. I mean... I didn't know that he was on the Thunder this year. Like, I didn't know I thought he was out of the NBA. I didn't think he was on a team. He he must not have played this season, though, because I haven't seen him. We would know, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, we, we, we were pretty well aware that they're not trying to do anything special in Oklahoma City. As far as winning, so but I, I I honestly didn't know that he was on a roster. That's a come up for the Heat, though. For it's like it's like an old Iggy pickup, right? Like yeah. get this guy for the playoffs. He's a versatile wing. I mean, he's old now. I just don't know. I don't know what he's gonna bring and if he's gonna play much. To be quite honest, like I, there's some people that are saying that this is like kind of like a similar move to the Jay Crowder piece that they let go. And I think Jay Crowder is a lot different player 
than Trevor. He's younger. Uh, he's he's more versatile defensively. He's a better defensive player. He can play big. Trevor is not like a a swing three four. Uh, Trevor is definitely a three or a two guard, um, and he's long enough, I suppose, to to guard some power forwards. Uh, but really, I mean, let's be real about this. They Trevor's not going to play that much. I don't expect them to have a lineup that features Trevor right. in any sort of like crucial moment uh, in the playoffs or during the regular season. But you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And it's, God knows his legs should be good. So if they do need him to run out there, he should be fresh and ready. There was another trade that just broke before um, before we hopped on air. What was that? This is a big pickup too, Drew. P.J. Tucker is now a member of the Milwaukee Bucks. It was a three-team deal, sort of. Uh, the Suns were involved. The Suns get Torrey Craig. The Bucks obviously get P.J. Tucker. They also got Kuruks, the former net that was involved in the Harden trade. The Rockets get D.J. Augustine. They get two, G- two D.J.'s, D.J. Augustine and D.J. Wilson, as well as a first-round pick and a pick swap. Uh, from the Bucks, it's got to so. be Augustine's close to, close to 11th team. He's got to right? be close. I mean, he had a nice run in Orlando, right. right? There was a few years where he didn't move, but yeah, he's been he's been bounced around as well for sure. This is this is a big move. We PJ Tucker was a name that has been brought up this whole season, especially after the the coaching change and Westbrook being gone, Harden being gone. It was clear that PJ wasn't going to be long on this roster. He's older now. I think he's 35, but this is a big piece for the oh. Bucks. Um, and it's a piece that I do think the Nets should have gotten. I, I said it when it when the trade went down for Harden, the Nets should have had PJ Tucker in there some way, some form, to to kind of shore up their defensive lineup. Uh, but this is big for the Bucks because now you have more versatility. You can play Giannis at the five, which they've been doing more often. And PJ is great for them offensively, simply because he can knock down a corner three. You put that man in the corner. He's the best corner three-point shooter in the NBA. He has been over the last three seasons, like percentage-wise. And that is huge for their team. I mean, they're, they're, the Bucks' offense obviously still needs to develop a little bit more. You'd love to see Drew Holiday get more of a run after he's been out with, with I think, COVID and, and maybe also an injury. So having P.J. on that team along with defensive-minded players like Drew Holiday, Giannis obviously a defensive force, this is big for them, and it helps them in that matchup against the Nets and against um, Philly as well. So they're two biggest rivals that they're going to have to go up against as the season comes down to it. That's a huge pickup for them. It's also a big pickup to take away from other teams that would have been in the Eastern Conference that would have wanted P.J. Tucker, like the Nets. Uh, I know the Lakers were interested. The Miami Heat were interested in P.J. Uh, so this is this is a, a really big move. I think it's kind of a game changer for the Bucks. I don't have them leapfrogging philly or leapfrogging the nets necessarily from this move uh, but it does provide someone who knows what the fuck they're doing defensively and offensively can get out of the way but still provide value in in the shape of of rebounding and and of course hitting those corner threes for pj so shout out to pj he got what he wanted i think he's gonna be happy and shout out to milwaukee for making that happen i didn't even know they were in the running for him like you were saying i mean it's basically the the usual suspects right now all all we're hearing is nets lakers Clippers, Miami, that's basically, you know, everything we're hearing. The Knicks have been thrown in a couple times with that. Um, but yeah, big pickup. I don't think PJ's ever played in the East either. I think he's been, it's Phoenix and in, in Houston that he's been on, right? I, I think you're right. Yeah, I'm not sure he's ever played in the East, so he might do just fine out there. Uh, back to Bagley. I know, you know, Bagley's not a hot topic, but him getting hurt again. I mean, this is kind of the same story we keep hearing every year. And I'm a big Bagley guy, you know, when he's playing and we're just not getting enough from him. I know he's frustrated in Sacramento. Um, he's a lefty too, right? So it's a shooting hand. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, you know, the way their season's going right now, I don't know, man, just might be time to maybe get some value for him. I still believe in him though, right? Tough to trade him now. Yes. He was not playing that well. And then now he's injured with a, with a, a, fractured hand on your shooting hand who knows how long that's going to take especially with those small bones in the hand and in the feet those kinds of injuries can can be prolonged for a number of reasons I mean heaven forbid he starts getting back in there and then somebody you know hits his hand the wrong way when they're going for a rebound or going for a steal or something he could re-injure that really easily uh, do you know if he needed surgery? I didn't. I don't know. Fractured wrist. What is that? A fractured hand. I mean, fractured hand. Yeah. So if you don't need surgery, right? Because like Rondo had this problem right before the playoffs started last year uh, for the Lakers. 
he got surgery though. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he went and got surgery mm-hmm. and still came back and obviously had a huge part in us being successful and winning a championship. So it's not improbable for him to be still traded and still for at the end of the year to to either bring value to Sacramento or to whatever team might want him. Um, but that's a guy that I know that the Sacramento Kings should be looking to trade. I mean, they should. If they don't like him and he's not going to fit with the team, then let's move on because right now, as it stands, Marvin Bagley is the answer to the trivia question, who was drafted before Luka Doncic and Trey Young? And, you know, Aiton's actually holding up pretty good when you look at that draft. You're like, okay, reasonable. Like, Aiton is a reasonable pick, number that one. That was the safe pick at the time. Safe pick, mm-hmm. right. Uh, similar with, like, the James Wiseman pick this year, right? Safe, safe pick. pick. And then now LaMelo's outshining everybody. <laughs> I mean, Anthony Edwards is having some good moments as well. But Bagley right now is so woefully underperforming in comparison to the rest of his draft class. And obviously, it's not fair to compare him to someone like Luca. But that's what it's going to be right now. When if if Bagley's career ended, it would be like this guy was taken before Luka Doncic, who is, you know, arguably uh, on track to be one of the youngest MVPs we've ever had in the NBA. So pretty crazy stuff. But I I I'm with you. I still have like I think Marvin Bagley is good. He's good. And I think given the right opportunity, I don't know where that's going to be. He'd be the, he'd be good on Sacramento. That's a good fit for him if he could just make it's it work. It's weird that it's not working in Sacramento right. for him. That's the part that's weird. And I think, you know, uh we we've talked about Mo Bamba. If the organization that drafted you that's had you for, you know, whatever, it's only been 3 years now. But like same thing for Mo. Like Orlando, if Orlando's not trusting you, that's a big red flag. So if, if Orlando knows something about Mo Bamba and they're not even playing him, that should give us some insight to the fact that he's not what necessarily we might have thought he is or he's not reaching that potential. I think the same could be said for Marvin because it's just it's just not happening right now. And that there's no real answer as to why. Like, why isn't he not playing well? Why can't he play with Rashawn Holmes like side by side? Because it... When you look at that, that's what you want. You and want he's them killing. Yeah, you want them both out there, yeah. rebounding and and scoring. And uh, clearly, doesn't <laughs> I don't know if he doesn't get along well with with De'Aaron Fox. But remember, like a couple months back, his dad tweeted out trade Marvin Bagley, mm-hmm. and I think it was Fox's dad was like trade him. Like yeah, like, yeah, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead and trade him. Right. It was either Fox or, or Heald's dad. One of those guys was was out there saying go ahead and go ahead and get rid of him. I just think for Sacramento, like it's so hard to get good players in Sacramento. So when you have somebody with the talent level of Bagley, like keeping him there, especially being so young with, you know, De'Aaron Fox is just getting better and better every year. I know Buddy, and Buddy Heald is great too, but he has a, you know, kind of a sour relationship with Luke. And we have mentioned many times on the pod, like maybe a new coach and we'll get into what coaching means to certain teams a little bit later, but I I want Bagley to do well. Um, I know it's pretty obvious he wants to get the hell out of there and that rookie contract is going to be up here in a minute, right? Yeah. So somebody would have to sign him for, you know, for a decent amount of money. And and what's the going, again, what's the going rate for a big man that can play? Well, right. And I I think the thing with, with Marvin is that he, while he is a big man, he does like the way he performed at Duke was because he was one of the biggest guys on the court, mm-hmm. right? And then running up against the fact that you're only six ten, six eleven, whatever he might be in the league that has seven footers all over the place, you're not just going to be able to drop step and dunk on everybody the same way he did at Duke. And he was great at Duke, mm-hmm. like he really, and he's super young because he skipped his senior year to go to Duke one year early. Um, so look, you know, it's not the end of the road for the kid. Let's no. hope that the 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 hand heals well. And that either he can figure it out with this young team in Sacramento, uh, and maybe a coaching change is what is needed for him to kind of reemerge and, and establish himself, or maybe it is uh, somebody that's going to take a take a chance on him in free agency, or or try and give, I don't know, a second rounder <laughs> to right. to pick him up and bring him over somewhere. But I don't know, like necessarily where the market is for him. Like who needs that guy right now? It's hard to say because he's not performing well <laughs> and he's injured. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, there's definitely there's definitely still some time before the trade deadline happens here. We got another week or so. Um, and he's going to be uh, among, I would say, at least him and two other Sacramento Kings guys like Heald and Harrison Barnes that are Heald, probably... There's a market for Heald, Heald, for sure. Heald and Barnes are both very good players. They're having good seasons. And I think those guys are probably also going to be in consideration to be traded. Barnes is definitely not going to be there anymore. You think Barnes is going to get traded? In the next week or so. I think he's up there. A lot of people have been asking about him. I haven't heard Buddy's name in many, you know, but shit, if you could package Buddy and and Harrison for something, you know, 
decent. I don't know. I just don't know if they, if they're, what kind of moves they're going to make. I want to bring up a couple more trade rumors I've been hearing about Drew. And if you have any, let me know. Um, a guy that's been shopped a lot is Aaron Gordon. We've talked about him a lot on the squad. The team's interested, the Mavs, the Nugs, Golden State, Rockets, right? And so Aaron- Blazers and T-Wolves apparently are really in on Aaron Gordon as well. Oh, I thought I said that. No, I didn't. You're right. Um, he makes 16 million a year. It's doable. Um, I think he can bring value to, you know, a lot of these different teams. I've said many times, and I think you have too. I think he's kind of hit the ceiling. I don't think Aaron Gordon's going to get much better. Like, I don't see him coming out shooting, uh, you know, 40% from three. He's shooting better this year, but uh, like as a player, I think he can bring value, but not so much like, uh, you know, uh, push the needle. So that's an interesting play for Sacramento, right? He's a Sac- he's a Northern California kid. Mm-hmm. Him and his brother both had great uh, high school careers up in NorCal. Hmm. And that's a guy that could help Sacramento, like legitimately help Sacramento, bring some star power, yeah. bring another guy that can, uh, you know, get fans excited and wanting to go watch a Sacramento King- Kings game. Um, and, and if you're going to trade Bagley for somebody, you know, why not him or Barnes or, or something or, or Barnes? Yeah, whatever you want to do. I, I, I mean, for Sacramento, I don't know necessarily what the motivation would be to trade Harrison Barnes or to trade Buddy Heald if they're both playing so well. Like, unless you really don't think that they're going to be, you know, beneficial to the, the to the development of the young players that they already have there. So if for whatever reason you're thinking that Heald and, and Barnes are going to take away from uh, Halliburton, for instance, then okay, maybe move one of them and you get Halliburton into a more key role, playing more minutes and things like that. But to be quite honest, I do think the, the odd man out there is Bagley. He's the, he's the one guy that they don't need on their team and they don't necessarily need somebody to come in and replace him. So I don't know. But Aaron Gordon, for instance, that would be a random person that Sacramento might be able to get they simply be because of his I didn't ties. know he was from NorCal. Yeah, I didn't, I him, didn't know that. him and his brother both both had crazy good uh, high school years. I, I, their, their, their team is escaping me, which, which high school they went to. But yeah, they were both very good. Uh, the Nuggets said that uh, Will Barton, Bull Bull, Gary Harris are up for grabs too. Michael Porter Jr. is off limits. Those are three guys right there that I like a lot. Will Barton could help a lot of teams. Bull Bull obviously needs a little more development, but got a big upside, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then Gary Harris again, another guy that could bring. These are the, I'm talking about low key signings for some of these teams. Uh, obviously, PJ Tucker's a bigger name, but like if you can get a Gary Harris or a Will Barton on your squad and you're in the playoffs again, Bull Bull will be a project. But I, I'd be willing to take either one of those projects. Where do you think one of those players would would end up well? And what 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 could you get? What is like basically? What does Denver need? What if you could package Barton, Bull Bull, and Harris for one? Sure. Uh, you know, I think I think Denver. I've watched a couple of their games this week, and they're definitely missing something. I mean, they're doing just fine. They're they're back up to the five seed. Jokic is playing great. I actually think Will Barton is playing really good. So I think the one that's most expendable, unfortunately, for Gary is Gary Harris. Like Mm -hmm. he he was uh, two three years ago, really coming on strong offensively. He's always been a really good defensive player. Uh, this year it just really hasn't worked out last really year and a half with some injuries and then some inconsistency on offense. I think Gary Harris is more likely uh, m- the most likely of that group to be traded, but I don't know necessarily what you can get. And again, it's funny, but like, I do think if Harrison Barnes and, and, or buddy Heald are going to get traded, I think Denver should be one of the teams that kind of raises their hand up and say, Hey, what, what can we make happen here? Uh, because they, I think they could really use some help scoring. Um, and honestly, when when we're talking about Will or Gary Harris, I think Denver should keep one of them mm-hmm. for defense. You need one of those guys to be out there for defense. They didn't have Will Barton last year at all during the bubble because of uh, his injuries. Can he play one game? I, he might, but not not in the playoffs. Okay. Like not not when it was coming down. Because like in the Lakers series and same thing with the Clippers series. Both of those guys were out. Harris and yeah. and Barton were out, mm-hmm. and then Harris came back That's towards the was. end of the Clippers series and had a big play. I don't remember that defensively. Series at all. I don't want to talk about that series. <laughs> so, but you know, I I do think Denver is is a team that needs to make a move. So, like, I have a list of teams that I think should be buyers, should be looking at making moves, and Denver is the second team on that list. I think the Celtics are number one. So the Celtics are a team that absolutely need to make something happen. They have a trade exception. Uh, Harrison Barnes has been brought up by Bill Simmons several times as a guy that they could use. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. It seems like Vucevic from Orlando is way out of reach. But if Aaron Gordon is is within reach there, I why not go ahead and use the trade exception on Aaron Gordon if they're willing to let him go? Um, so my list goes Celtics, Nuggets, 
The Raptors, I think, are probably looking to sell and to buy. It seems like they're willing to let Kyle Lowry go, even though he had a, he's been having some decent <laughs> games for them. Um, but they're still not really ed- edging forward into the pack the way that uh, the Miami Heat have been really moving forward as well, we Lowry's expect. Well, Lowry's $30 million too, though. Like, that's big a number. lot to make up. It's a big number. But I do think the Raptors need something. I think it's pretty clear. So if they buy and or sell, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks have to be on the list. They're always looking, though. Yeah, and then the, the last couple I have here is like the Bulls, I think, are in a really good position to make a move if they want to. I don't know necessarily what they would be looking for, but they're they're outside looking in the playoffs right now. I think they're going to maybe make that play-in spot. It seems like it's going to come down the last couple of weeks for them to determine whether or not they're going to make it to the postseason. They have a lot of pieces, including an older Thaddeus Young and a bunch of young players that they can include in some sort of trade. But again, it really is dependent on what they think they need and big picture stuff from Billy Donovan in the front office. Like, I don't think they have to make a move. And honestly, I think the biggest thing they can do is is try and lock down Laurie Markkinen, who's come back uh, from his shoulder injury and is playing really good already. Um, and then Pelicans definitely should be looking at stuff. They're still trying to figure it out. It doesn't look like it's going very well for them this year. And they, they have time to turn it around, but I don't know if they're going to do anything as far as uh, you know trade deadline is concerned. But I think they definitely need something. Uh, but the Clippers is a big question mark. And I think there's there's probably some room for for growth there and and you probably could use an extra player yeah so i guess it's time to get into the clippers right now the most the most consistently inconsistent team in the nba uh right now i kept saying that to myself the other night because it's like and everybody listens to the show you guys know i'm the biggest clipper fan in the world but i'm a realist as well and i totally agreed with everything that Kawhi said we played the pelicans the other night we got our ass blown out right by like 25 they were up 30 at some point energy and effort was not there um, Zion literally got to, we had no answer for Zion whatsoever. Zero. And I mean, what team really does at this point, but like when you have Kawhi on the floor and he's just bullying everybody. Um, and then, you know, Lonzo had five threes. And so first off, I want to say something about Lonzo and I wanted to bring this up because I get into a lot of semi arguments in clubhouse about how I, <laughs> you know, and I'm sticking by what what I'm about to say. And I hope drew that you back me up on this. I have never talked shit about Lonzo. All right. I like Lonzo. I think Lonzo has a big upside. This Lonzo that we've seen the past, you know, eight games, 10 games. This is the Lonzo we've been talking about, right? Extremely aggressive, uh, you know, in the paint, trying to get to the rack, shooting a confident seven, three pointers a night, right? Yeah. And he's hitting like 40%. He, he, well, he's 38 right now, but yes, he's right there. Yeah confidently shooting not hesitating those five threes or those five threes he hit against us the other night were wet didn't didn't second guess it just pulled and i, I kept saying to myself that's the guy we've been waiting i think for. he hit the first shot of the game didn't he pull it a, a he three pulled, yeah he pulled a three like first right eight. in the beginning of the and game. that's not alonzo move right. what, whatsoever he's at 14.3 four and five those are great numbers shooting 38 percent from the three so what I was saying was that, like, I just don't necessarily think that the Clippers should trade for Lonzo Ball, especially a month ago, because I don't think right now he's going to make us a championship team. He's a really great player. Now, would I want Lonzo Ball over, you know, a, a Lou Williams right now? I don't know. Like, I'm not too sure about that. The concerns that you're ta- that we're talking about, Drew, the concerns are defense, right? And then the kind of, you know... Playmaking, the playmaking that, that people keep saying. I'm not a big, I'm not a big advocate of like the playmakers. But being able to to give Paul and Kawhi easier shots, I'm with that. That's the level of playmaking I think I'm referring to. Maybe most people are as well. But if you can have the ball out of their hands, mm-hmm. and, and instead of them, you know, I, obviously you want the ball in their hands as much as possible. But having a third guy like Lou or Reggie has been doing a pretty good job for you. Reggie's been great. But that's where Lonzo, I think, can help yes. in that moment where he's bringing the ball up. You guys can run some sets. You can get some really good, quick looks for Kawhi and Paul George that you're not getting right now in your set offense. I, I totally agree with that. Now, to you know, to be devil's advocate, like Paul George does like having the ball in his hands to set up the offense. I get what you're saying. Like Now, the, the problem is right now with Pat Bev and his knee, he's had a really tough season yeah, he, right he, he plays like one or two games he and then he's out again that's sore knee and that's a problem again that goes with chemistry uh, again having the luxury of having reggie jackson who's been phenomenal this year absolutely phenomenal for us um i I'd, I'd rather him be coming off the bench coming on with that second unit and so after that uh ass kicking against the pelicans uh doc for the first time this year we tried something new batum coming off the bench you said doc 
fuck i said doc ty it's it, no that's, you could leave that in drew <laughs> leave it in it happens all right <laughs> hey we mess up ty tried something new and uh batum was going to come in off the bench and marcus morris was going to start and of course batum being the the, the pro that he is, he's perfectly fine batum has started 91 percent of every game that he's played in yep. pretty crazy right i mean it makes sense though it does and and Having the team chemistry being like, sure, like Marcus has been playing better and Batum came off that game and played very, very well. Um, so the people that we're looking at, and I'm going to name a couple players and there's only two that I'd be, that I'd be willing to, you know, try to make a move with. So the rumors are Rubio and I had Lonzo written down, but I think that's off the table now. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think, I think they're seeing finally the player that Lonzo is and like, wow, this is really working. Him and Zion are really kind of working and having BI and like, you know, what what's more what's what's better than having a such a young core right. of all stars and Lonzo will be an all star one day so I'm taking that's Lonzo a big off statement this. I think he'll be an all star that's a big statement um so Rubio uh, Terry Rozier who we were interested in the beginning of the year uh, P J Tucker who I'm taking off the list now um, Lamarcus Aldridge I want to I want to talk about and then today we were talking about Miles Turner right interesting um. And Miles Turner and Aldridge, to me, um, would be the guys. Aldridge would only work out in a buyout for us. I don't think we trade for for Lamarcus Aldridge. And and I want everybody to know, Lou has said, like, if I get traded, I'm not playing. Like, I want to retire a Clipper. This is my last team. Lou Williams. Yes, Lou about, will. Yeah. So, you know, take that off the table. Um, That's a great way to... to kind of dictate where i'm staying yeah yeah bro it's player empowerment now that's, like you could choose where you want and who that's you a hell play of a for. move that's a hell of a move <laughs> he said i'm staying like i'm just i'm i'm i'm, I'm staying here <laughs> um if we could get lamarcus in a buyout right if that happens in san antonio that would be somebody that i would i would go for and mm -hmm. we have a space we can take our our second year big that we have send him down to the g league and make room for him right mm -hmm. with with miles we'd have to give up zubak Zubak or Lou Will, who make you know around the same amount of money, which is weird. Um, what Miles Turner brings to the table, though, is every team, every opposing team that plays against them, they shoot eight percent worse at the rim. He blocks right? shots. He blocks shots. Yeah, he's 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 effectively like the East Coast version of Gobert, except he's much more efficient and effective offensively, and doesn't have to be just in pick and rolls. He right. can also shoot. And and you know, has decent post moves. So and then there's George Hill, which I think George Hill hmm. would be the best fit if we were some. And I again, this is me being biased. You know how much I love Patrick Beverly. I love uh, Zubak a lot. Uh, again, age upside. He's been playing very well, but there are times where it's like, yo, you're not getting it. Your hands are. You're, you're, he had a really. He's been having really good games, honestly. I think, and his minutes have been good. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Like he, it, it, he's just not in that next level. And I don't know if he's ever going to get to that next level as far as uh, centers go. Mm -hmm. He's he's solid though. He's very good. And I think they're having him and Ibaka and being able to go back and forth uh, with those guys. I would love to see a couple minutes of them out there together. What that looks like, because mm -hmm. Serge has been a four, uh, a power forward for almost his whole career. Right, it's not really until the, you know the small ball thing started kicking in that he moved to the center spot. And in Toronto, they played Gasol and Ibaka together a shit ton mm -hmm. in their championship run. So I would be interested to see what that looks like. Then you can kind of see, okay, do we have another lineup that we haven't really fucked with out there that we can go to if we're needing two bigs on the floor for whatever reason? The only way that works is one stays and then Morris comes in. Depending on if we're going to keep going with this Morris starting, right? And we'll see tonight. I'm pretty sure we we play Dallas tonight on the back to back. Um, the Hill is intriguing to me. The Hill fits the best for us being that he shoots 38% from three. Yeah. Um, he converts 61% of his field goals, like by around the rim. He's a vet. He outplayed Eric Bledsoe in the last few seasons mm -hmm. when he was a Milwaukee buck. Mm -hmm. he, he's very solid. Mm -hmm. And in the playoffs, especially he, he performed well, really well. He's a good clipper fit with our vets and guys that have actually been to, he's got a chip, right? He's got a chip with San Antonio. Oh, uh, well, so he was involved in a trade for Kawhi. George Hill. Was. Okay, so maybe. So I don't think he had one with San. Antonio. Well, he's got playoff experience. Yeah, he has least. plenty of playoff experience. Um, I'm I'm not for the Rubio. That's not the guy we need. We need defense. I mean, obviously he's a defensive liability. Fun to have playmaker, like people are saying. If you want a playmaker, but Rubio's not the answer. So the ones I would want to explore would be Aldridge in a buyout, Miles Turner if it, if the money works, and then I think George Hill is our best bet. Um, what do you think about that? I yeah, I think. If you're bringing in a guard, it means that 
either Patrick Beverly, um, Reggie Jackson, or Lou Will has to go. One of those three have to leave in order to make space for someone like George Hill. And to be quite honest, if Beverly's not going to get over this knee injury, then he's probably the one that needs to go. And that sucks because yeah. he's, he's great. He's great for the team. I think he brings a lot to the table for the Clippers. But if he's just constantly going to be injured, you gotta you have to figure out a way to move off of that because he's holding a roster spot. And if he's not going to be able to play, especially in the playoffs, you got to get somebody in there to help with Reggie. And then Lou Will, as we know, is just, you know, he's a specialist. He's not going to start games for you. He shouldn't start. He should not start postseason games for you. So if you he's end been up atrocious in the playoffs and it, yeah, right. I mean, his whole career pretty much really, mm. honestly, his whole career is not taking been, jabs, but no, I mean, that goes back to the Sixers. I mean, it's not, it's not the Clippers, uh, the whole time, <laughs> but, um, if Patrick Beverly is going to be okay, like long-term, if they look at what is going on with his knee and they go, he just needs some rest. He should be fine for the playoffs. Then Lou Williams is the one that needs to leave. And despite the whole, I'm not going to, I'll just retire thing. Let him make that decision. You trade him, it's going to be a tough sell on whoever would be like, wait, so this guy's just going to retire? Like, why would I trade for Lou Williams if he's literally just going to retire? Uh, but if it's Oklahoma City who has George Hill, then maybe they're like, cool. Like, that's fine with us. Like, we'll get rid of George's, you know, money that we owe him. Mm -hmm. And we'll bring on a guy who's going to leave. And then our, that cap space is, is ours. Another $9 million. Right. So, like, mm -hmm. that's where I do think the George Hill thing might actually work for the Clippers. Um one guy that you didn't mention, and I and I understand why. It's mostly probably because of the money. But Kyle Lowry is seemingly available, although you know that information seemed like it leaked over a month ago now. And I mean, his house is sold in Toronto. He is. Uh, you know, maybe he's enjoying Florida more than he expected, uh, not having to do with a, a Toronto uh, winter. Um, but that's a guy that I do think would would significantly change your rotation and add a lot to the Clippers. But again, it's the money portion. It's, 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 we'd have to get rid of three or four players. And I do think that they're probably close to a buyout with him, right? If the market for him, because he's getting paid so much, similarly to the way that the Blake Griffin thing happened, if Toronto and Masai Ujiri are completely off of Lowry and they're like, look, we're just going to do it. We're just going to buy you out and we're going to let you go be a free agent. That's a scenario that I think not just the Clippers, a lot of teams would be in for Kyle Lowry on that. Uh, if the, if it went down that way, but and that's having, a guy that I think maybe you should try to explore if, a trade with. If they, well, I don't see we don't have enough to trade for him. No, I think we, you can piece together some stuff. But then you're getting you, rid of our then you're getting rid of like our core. If it, if we're losing Lou Will and Pat Bev and Zub, and then like if, say they want Terrence Mann, if they say Impresti our asses right. again, buyout situations for any of these guys, yeah. we should go for Lowry would be perfect. Our girls at Dishes and Dimes will literally never talk to me again if we get Lowry, uh, Ibaka, and um, Kawhi. Kawhi. Yeah, like they'll never talk to they me again. They should just be Clipper fans. And I love that. First of all, <laughs> shout out to Dishes and Dimes. They have the top five, a top five podcast, in sports podcast in all of Canada, Good which them. is huge. Basketballnews.com. But they're my friends and they'll never talk to me again. Kyle Lowry would be the perfect fit for us. I think so. And he already has the rapport with Kawhi and Ibaka and he's a pro's pro. Like he'll be great. If, there, if, if, if the situation, I just don't see the Raptors being like, cool, we'll take Pat Bev and Zubak for... And that's not even enough money. We'd have to throw in something else. Well, there'd probably be some picks in there, which you don't, have, don't have a lot of. You don't have a lot of. Right. Yeah. Uh, but that's a guy that I I do want to see what unfolds there uh, with Kyle Lowry. And I, I, as much as I would love to see him stay in Toronto, I think it's much more exciting and much more fun for this year for him to go to a contender. Mm -hmm. For him to go – because Toronto's not going to win a championship this year. No. I mean, it's just not happening. Uh, and they're struggling to even get into the playoffs right now. So – um, I would love to see him go to Philly. I, I, a lot of talk about Lowry going to the Heat, which I think would be awesome as mm -hmm. well. That's a that's an easy one. Dragic, almost straight up. Dragic, uh, that's Lowry. Jimmy's boy though. Like that's his boy. I don't think Jimmy, Jimmy loves Dragic. Yes. but I but Lowry. I I don't know if it gets much more Heat culture ish than mm -hmm. someone like Kyle Lowry, mm -hmm. who really had to work his way into the the player that he's become and and turned himself into an all star after being really kind of neglected for a few years uh, entering the league after going to Villanova. Um, that's a guy that I think is interesting for the Clippers. I don't think, I don't think miles Turner is going anywhere. They I, sh he shouldn't. They I, gotta keep I don't. Him. I, yeah. That's, it's funny because, you know, I, even, even myself earlier, it, like before the season started, I thought for sure Sabonis or Turner would move, but the way that this new coach, Nate Bjorkgren, if I'm saying it right, that was great. Thank you. Uh, 
he's utilizing them together beautifully. And, and Sabonis playing the four is really turning into more of a four, whereas before in previous years it was like we have two centers out there. But now they give Sabonis the freedom. He's opened up his offensive game. He is very comfortable playing a power forward position. And Turner has done a really good job at, at hitting – uh, straightaway three pointers, and also being the best defensive player, blocking three shots again. Yeah, the best defensive big man in the East. And they couldn't even give Miles Turner away last year, right? They well, it's and it's funny because the Celtics have to be pulling their hair they out. They should be like the Gordon Hayward Miles Turner trade, or you know something along those lines was apparently close to being done, mm-hmm. and it just didn't happen. I mean that would that would be a huge game changer for the Celtics. So, but I don't think Turner or Sabonis is going anywhere. They. Indiana just finally got Karis LeVert back, which is great news uh, for for that young man. I mean, dude, what a what a whirlwind of life that would be. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, cool, I'm I'm crushing it for the for the Nets. Oh my God, we got James Harden. Oh shit, I'm going to Indiana, and oh my God, I'm almost I I, I almost die. died. Right. Yeah, I literally could have died if this wasn't the way that it worked out. So shout out to Karis. I too, I I really think that Indiana is going to take a hard look at what they have right now. Um, and I don't think they're going to make any moves as far as that goes, as far as selling goes before the trade deadline. They're in the tenth spot, seventeen and twenty-one. Uh, again, they're they're one of these teams I think will be on the cusp of, of making it to that play-in. I think they're they going to be in. They I should. think they're going to be in the. Let's playoffs. see how Karis fits with them. All right, that's Let's exactly right. I think they already have a lot of new pieces mm-hmm. on their hands, and I don't think they need to fuck with anything. And I don't think Miles is is going to be available. So Lamarcus mm-hmm. is the other guy that you brought up. I think he's going to get a lot of looks. But man, he's old, and 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 it and I don't mean that as far as his age goes. You just watch him play, and maybe it's the San Antonio thing, where he's just really slowed down, and he's gotten used to playing in the system, uh, and not having to try very hard because they ha- they've been very mediocre ever since he's been there. Um, I don't know what that brings to you, to the Clippers specifically. Thirteen four and, and one is what he's averaging right now. Four rebounds. That's bad. I get it. And so I just it's clear that they the San Antonio and he needed to part ways, which is fine. And I honestly think to be, you know, selfish, I guess, I think he's a better fit for the Lakers who truly you think have everybody's a, a better fit. Well, no, but we have a roster spot for him. Mm-hmm. We don't we like he'll slide right into our backup center role, without a doubt. Um and especially if, if Gasol's out for, I mean, he's been out with contact tracing for a while now, but if there's any sort of like elongated injuries, concerns for Gasol or Harrell, heaven forbid Harrell goes down, obviously if Anthony Davis is going to be out for more months like like I expect, that would be a big player for us to bring in. We do need another seven-footer. Right now all we have is Damian Jones as far as healthy centers go, um, and he's been playing great, and I love that kid, so I'm cool with him staying on the roster. But you guys, I think, have a, a more solidified – like center position, and I do. I I also wouldn't give up Zubak for a, an old dusty Lamarcus. That's why it's only a right. buyout situation, right? But so, if you, if you, if you implement, if you put Aldridge in at starting center and Ibaka at the four, and then you got Kawhi, PG, and then Reggie, or see, Pat, I would start Zubak and Ibaka at the four before I. Oh, before, then have Lamarcus come in. Yeah, yeah either way, it's yeah, interchangeable. Sure, sure. I, I get what you're saying. I'm, I'm all for that. Again, this doesn't work unless it's a buyout. We're not trading yeah. for Lamarcus. I think the George Hill one that you brought up mm-hmm. is the most plausible, and I do think that's the one that's probably out there i don't know i mean we this is all rumors and conjecture but if that guy is out there i don't know why you wouldn't take a swing at that now let's let's go to your lakers right now um who are they're hang, they're hanging on what are they they're five and five in their last they were six and six since anthony davis went out okay and that's good and you're happy with that three game win streak and, th- and in those three games uh your bench is what has been impressing me right so They've been stepping it up. Trez is at 23 points a game. Kuz, 19. Yep. And THT, I hate saying that name. THT's he's crushing at, it for us right he's now. He's at 13 points a game. So the past three games, your bench has really stepped up. Morris uh, has been playing better for us as well. You need him. You need him to be doing that. Minus the Kyle Kuzma airball technical free throw that we need to bring Hilarious. up. That was so funny. Uh, yeah, that's embarrassing. <laughs> so he missed that by a foot and a half you got to eat that one though, right? Like, And he well, did. Yeah, the comments at the end were great, right? He said they, they had a 3.5 magnitude earthquake and... Uh, I got shook and I just missed it. I mean, that's and it's so funny too because it's not just a free throw. Like he went to the rack and got fouled. This was a technical. This was a technical foul. So nobody's out there. Nobody. It's just him alone on an island. And boy, oh boy, he missed that shot. He probably. I mean, if if he shot it left handed, it would have been closer. 
than uh, than than what happened there. And I think that's the funniest thing, right? Because not only did he take that shot uh, over other players, mm-hmm. he's uh, like, "I got this, yeah, no he, trip." I yeah, he's this. walking up like, "I'm I'm I'm nailing this," <laughs> and then wh- two feet to the left. That was that was really that was really bad. Uh, but other than that moment, we've been playing great. I mean, we had a tight one the other night against. Uh, the the Timberwolves and and Anthony Edwards is a is a He's monster. He's a real deal, dog. I got to tell you, man. I've gone back and forth on Anthony Edwards, and I just I think the baseline for him is he's going to be a fucking great player in the NBA. And I don't when I say great, like he's going to be a very fun, good basketball player. He may never be an All Star. He may be an All Star. I don't know. But God, he's fun to watch. Better than Wiggins, but less than Zach Levine. He's just he's just like physically a monster. You saw what MJ said, right? Yeah. MJ's like you're bigger than me, you're more athletic than me. He's got all the tools. Drew. He does, and that and that that part of it is like, okay, let's see. You know, it, it's one of those things where it, is he going to over the course of his NBA career really lock in and try to get better, mm. right? Because he's already starting off like uh, you know, kind of ahead of most of his his uh, peers, the, the guys in his bracket, mm. right? Like you know, those young players. I would I don't want to just clarify it as or you know, determine it to be rookies, but the young players. He's already head and shoulders above a lot of them that mm-hmm. they come in the league just with his athletic ability. And man, he's so much fun, like throwing down dunks all over the place. He's, he's pretty decent from three. So that's exciting. And, and that actually makes me feel a little bit better for the Timberwolves having taken him. At least, you know, you didn't get mellow and you, you didn't go for Wiseman. That, those are all fine. At least you got this guy who's, who's going to be good for a while. Somebody I, I do th- think he's different, a lot different than Wiggins because Wiggins is really a score. Mm-hmm. And Edwards can score, but he's just like, it's almost like a 6-7 Westbrook is kind of how I look at him, but with a slightly better three-point shooting I touch. didn't mean to compare him to two Timberwolves too, even though that's a little, yeah, that's yeah. A little odd. It's funny. Um, so back to your Lakers. So you're happy, 6-6. Six and six. Um, I, I'm pleasantly surprised of, of that six and six four of those games were without Schroeder as well. So like, you have to remember like AD went down, Schroeder was out. And then we also lost Casal. Kuzma was out for a period of time. Caruso just got a concussion. Like we've been having a lot of turnover right mm-hmm. now. And for us to be 500 through that, LeBron is playing his ass off and everyone really is stepping up in these games. I mean, we've definitely, we've definitely lost games <laughs> that it's like, Oh boy, this is not, not the most fun team to watch right now. But at the same time, you know, it's very rare that you get opportunities like this during a season with an established team that gets to explore and really go through the depth. Uh, I mean, unfortunately for Jared Dudley, he's not going to be a part of the team anytime soon because he tore his MCL. Setting a, setting a screen. And and that's where you go, shit, maybe we should have released Duds instead of instead of Quinn Cook, who's now on a 10-day with... You know Quinn with, Cook's the homie now? Did I tell you this? Yeah, Quinn Cook's on Basketball News. Uh, yeah, he's on there. And then we, we've been doing clubhouses together. That's my guy. And he just got picked up by Cleveland. So he's out in Cleveland day, right now. Right, yeah, ten, Shout out to Q Cook. Which is where he, that's where he was drafted, I mm-hmm. believe. I think that was the team that picked him. I don't know if he actually got drafted or not, but I think that was his first team in the league. Uh, but I feel bad for Jared Dudley. But literally everybody else is getting their minutes. Like mm-hmm. everyone's getting a run, uh, including THT, who has been a revelation at times. I mean, He might he, make your playoff roster. Oh, he will. Yeah. Oh, without a, I mean, He might be getting some minutes. His size alone will, should be able to get him on the court because mm-hmm. defensively he's so long. His arms are crazy long. He 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 reads the game really well, um, and that's that's something that not a lot of players do, um, especially ones that don't play that often, mm-hmm. right? But when he's in, like his head is up. He's he's not uh, overly aggressive to to get his shot. But man, he goes to the rim, and nobody can stay in front of this guy. Like it's very rare. I mean, granted, he's going against second unit most of the time, but when he's going to the rim downhill, he can get there and dunk it on you. Uh, or he can very easily do all of these little pump fakes and and you know uh, pivots and slide around and do a little fadeaway, little little jelly roll. I've already called him uh, jelly, I, I think on a on a podcast previous. But I can only be happy right now. LeBron James is still healthy. We're winning games. <laughs> that, so do you make that a move and trade deadline? Would. THT's got some got some value. I think Kuzma does. We we don't have anything as far as trade assets. We don't. I mean, it's Kuzma would be. A trade asset THT could be a trade asset but we're happy with the way that they're playing and I, I honestly I have to commend Kuzma too because as much as I'm talking about THT Kuzma has brought uh, the physicality back to his game that he completely let go after he left Utah Utah he was a power forward he was getting double doubles all the time he is rebounding the ball the way a six foot nine player should rebound in this league he's starting to play more physical on defense he's going after block shots he's blocking way more shots this year than any year before 
I wouldn't trade those guys unless it's something, you know, crazy. Like we got, all right, let's, let's go after this guy and we trade them both or something like that. And I don't think that's out there because the money that they make is on the lower end of things, especially THT. Uh, but Kuzma just signed his extension. A lot of talk about Drummond too, though. And I do think that's where, if we're going to make a move, it will be in a buyout situation similar to what you said about the Clippers. We are pretty much maxed out as far as our cap space, and you know we don't we don't have any draft picks um, that we can trade future picks. I mean, so we, we're basically we in can the trade both of this. It's, yeah, pretty much, we really and are. I, like we could be, we could start trading our twenty thirty first round pick, right. you know. But like, who wants that? And like, what are we going to actually do there? Um, so anyway, I just. I think it is something that we will address, but I don't think I don't think we're going to make any moves to the trade deadline. I would be shocked to see us add anything. But if Lamarcus Aldridge is there, you know, Demarcus Cousins still hasn't been picked up. Well, that you know, that's surprising to me. Yeah, um, we'll see. But it, clearly, for the Lakers, it has to be a big player. So, and I'm I'm really enjoying Damian Jones. So if we do if we don't do anything else. And we just stay exactly the way we are, and AD's back in time for playoffs. I'll be very happy. See, I feel the same way. But if there, I, I feel the the same way. Like Pat Bev has been a guy for us that we've really counted on for the intangible stuff, and and uh, it'd be tough to let him go. And so I'm fine with the squad we got, unless there's something in the buyout market that's going to you know bring us you know more value, make us a better team. Uh, I want to talk about Dame real quick. Um, well, before we leave the trade stuff, I have a couple other players. Oh. I just have a couple others. I know we've been going for a long time. Uh, but Victor Oladipo is an interesting player that I think can really help a contending team right now. He's going to be a free agent. He already turned down the extension. We talked about that. But that's a guy that I think uh, supposedly the Miami Heat are, are really tracking as well as the Golden State Warriors. And I think he really can be kind of a game changer the same way that I look at Lowry coming into a contender. I think Oladipo, if you're putting him in a system that's already successful, like Miami, like somewhat the Warriors, uh, if you're putting him in those positions, I think he can bring a significant level of value uh, scoring, but you know that's all going to come down to his health, and apparently he's already rehabbing some other minor injury, but he's in Miami right now doing that rehab. So I do expect Oladipo... And I, you know, I just threw out there the other two teams that I thought of for him were the Knicks, why not, and the Raptors, why not. Um, so though I think those, and then Denver, you know, if if you are going to try and trade Gary Harris or Will Barton, why not try and add Oladipo? You have an Oladipo Jamal Murray backcourt that could be pretty interesting too. I think the only thing, again, going back to the money, I, I you're perfectly right with everything you just said. It's that he did turn down the $45 million extension. So if you sign, like he's going to be looking for a big deal. Which is why, you know, you don't have to give up that much for him, which is which is the other thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like you you could probably get Oladipo in a trade for very little right now because there's no no contract to trade for, right? You're trading for essentially Oladipo for the rest of the year and then he's going to go be a free agent. Um, so again, that he could be a buyout guy also. Um, well, it's a fire sale in Houston. Right that's what now. I'm saying. Houston right. is a team that should be selling everybody. Well, th there is an upside. <laughs> there is an upside. Christian Wood is back tonight. They have lost 17 games in a row without Christian Wood. And I thought the it's interesting stat from the other night was their starting lineup. Total salary for their starting lineup was $7.9 million. Yeah. That's so wild. And they have, and again, it's going to be supposedly going to be a good draft coming up. I think they're in complete full tank mode. John Wall's out. We're going to see Kevin Porter Jr. Shout out to Kenya Martin uh, Jr., uh, who's out there killing it. So at least we'll get to see these young kids run. They, they might be a fun team to watch. If you put John Wall in on that with that team, it could be a fast, like fun team to watch. But it's a complete fire sale down, down in Houston. Yeah, and I mean, it's pretty clear at this point that they, you know, because they didn't choose Ben Simmons and they chose all those picks mm -hmm. and they didn't choose Karis LeVert, they chose Oladipo and all those picks, that that's what they're aiming for. So I wouldn't be shocked. We just saw P.J. Tucker leave. I, I do think Oladipo's next on his way out, um, as well as name a player on the, on the on the Rockets that could be out other than those super young guys that we're talking, they're probably not going to get rid of Christian Wood. Uh, but other than that, I think everybody else is, is available. Can I talk about Dame really quick? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. He's not talked about in the MVP race at all. I mean, he's like in the top five or six, but they're not talking about him enough. Last night he dropped 50 on 20 shots, right? Seven, the, I, was watch, I watched this game. They were the Pelicans were up. First of all, the Pelicans completely collapsed. Pelicans were up 17 points. Standard Pelicans. Yeah, completely. Yeah. 17 points with five minutes and 40 seconds to go in the game. And Dame 
Dame went for 50, and he did it from every single way you could score the basketball. He got by everybody. He was taking it at Steven Adams. I mean, his 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 uh, interview after the game just explaining just – you know, why he is so good and like how much work goes into doing this. He was just saying, this is, this is what finished product looks like when you put in the amount of time that I've put in and that he's single-handedly carrying this team on his back. They're in the six, they're in the sixth spot. CJ's finally come back. He played, uh, he's played uh, two. I think that was his second game last night. So they're going to get CJ back. I just want to give this guy some love. Cause we don't talk. It's always LeBron and Jokic and Embiid. And it's like, well, dude, Damien, like what this guy is doing is remarkable. So we got to show this guy the love that he deserves. I, I, I think it's unfortunate because the thing that will always hold him back is is the record, right? And like until they have a season where Damien is doing this and they're in the second seed mm-hmm. or the number one seed, I, I he's not going to get the love for MVP that his stats deserve. He is amazing. He, he is, he is, would he be a better MVP candidate than Chris Paul right now? Yes. Damian Wood. Yes. Right, even though Phoenix is in the second position. Correct. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, so right now Portland is tied for Denver uh, in the five-slash-six seed. Technically, they're in the sixth seed right now at 23-16. and 16. And they're my team that I have as the team that I expect to make a significant run with this second half of the season. Uh, they just got CJ back. I think Nurkic is close to being back. Uh, I don't think they're going to have Collins at all this year. But if you can get those three guys, as we saw in the bubble, you get those three guys moving and and playing their basketball, they are a very, very good team. And I would be shocked if they don't get into the top, you know, five, four or five seeds at the end of this year, if everyone stays healthy. And that's a big if considering, you know, the track record of, of CJ had a broken back and a broken foot. And goddamn, that guy just keeps breaking stuff. And then Nurkic has been, you know, since his broken leg, he hasn't really, he hasn't been super consistent mm-hmm. uh, staying on the floor. Uh, but that team, I think to me, being where they are right now, having gone through all of that and pretty much Dame just having the whole team on on his back and good performances from everybody else on the team too. I, it's not just Dame, but he's really, 50 points is, is an example. Like they were down by 17 and Dame you know had who's to involved edge it in out. Every but. one of those plays, though, Enos Cantor was throwing his body, setting screens. He was involved in every one of those plays. Right. Again, valuable. And if you can get another Nurkic out there, that can get that. Can well, help get, with yeah, that. get Nurkic starting, yes. and you bring in Cantor yes. off the bench, and it, it just everything's better for right. them when that happens like that. Um, so yeah, uh, shout out to Damian Lillard. I mean, there's nothing else to say. He's he's great. I, he doesn't deserve MVP over Embiid, over Jokic, over LeBron. He doesn't, but should he should com- be fourth, fourth or fifth, I well, think, on most well, people's list. Embiid's going to be out a couple weeks, so he, right. he might be losing some cloud in the MVP race, especially if they don't if they don't win, you know, the games that they're supposed to. I think win. it's better for Embiid's MVP chances if they start losing games while he's gone. Oh, okay. It shows his importance. So Christian Wood should be MVP too, then. <laughs> <laughs> 17 in a row he's the he's the mvp clearly the most valuable player in any team the true god hey you had mentioned that uh you wanted to bring up our preseason like what we had mentioned um our pick what, what was it our, our picks for the 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 incoming season yeah we had some some uh, preseason storylines that we were tracking Ooh, where are we but our preseason storylines were again this is before the james harden trade so it was like New look nets with KD and I and Kyrie and Steve Nash, right? Like, what's that going to look like? Mm-hmm. And that's all changed a lot, and they look great. Uh, the Rockets, because we expected James Harden's saga to maybe continue a lot longer than it did, uh, and so that's obviously no longer a storyline because they're one of the worst teams in the NBA. Unfortunately for them, the Warriors, um, whether or not Steph would be able to, you know, carry the load without Clay. Uh, and whether or not you know Draymond and Ubre and Wiggins would be able to step it up and provide them with enough depth and uh, firepower to make it into the playoffs, and they're right on the cusp. I think they're in the nine seed right now. And then the Suns uh, was my team that I had a lot of faith in making the playoffs. I had them firmly in the playoff condition in the playoff scenarios, but I did no, no way in my entire life would have I ever imagined that they'd be in the two seed right now in the West. And so that was those four were our preseason storylines that we were going to be looking at for the entire year, and uh, I think overall those storylines have developed uh, way differently than we could have ever imagined. Other than the Warriors, the Warriors have been pretty consistent. Steph's been amazing, and it really kind of goes up and down with their performers uh, outside of him as as to how, would you how take they Steph do. Steph as MVP over Chris Paul. Yes. Okay. 
Yeah, I do. I don't think Chris Paul deserves to be an MVP. Come on, man. The turnaround, dog. It's great. The turnaround. It, it has wild. everything to do with him. Yes. I, I'm not going to lie about that. I mean, the, the whole, everything he brought to the organization I, is what they needed, but we expected that also. I that, didn't expect the second spot. Nobody uh, expected the, the second spot, but the, also nobody thought that Anthony Davis was going to go down with an Achilles right. injury, that the, that well, the, that the Jazz were going to win 20 in a row. No, I didn't expect that so, like, at That's all. the stuff where you, know, you can't expect that, but... Do do you think the Suns are still going to be the two seed when I, the playoffs start? I don't. Right. I don't. I don't. I think Utah will be the one, though. I think the way they're. I mean, they're they they've been consistent all year. I guess what I'm saying is, and I get in this argument a lot, is like when we talk about MVP, like it's obvious Chris Paul is the MVP of that team, right? Uh, and and LeBron is the MVP of the Lakers. It's like, but we don't have the criteria. I want a a, a significant like outline of what the criteria is because in my eyes, Dame Lillard is the epitome of what an MVP should be. Um, and for him to not even be in, in that conversation, I mean, again, like, you know, Embiid gets Ben Simmons and LeBron's got AD and Kawhi's got PG and like all this shit. But Chris Paul's got, you know, Devin Booker, which is a good player, and, and you know, a, an up and coming Aiton, and like this whole season, Dame's had really nobody. CJ started off fast. I think the first, you know, 14, 15 yeah, he was, games. He came out ready. He was to hooping. Go. Yeah. But, you know, making the most of what he's got. That's why I would love a little bit of criteria for this. You know, I, I'll bet you Chris Paul gets a vote. Uh, he might. I mean, it's just like everything you're saying is true. Like, it would be nice to have some defined criteria for mm -hmm. MVP, right? But uh, it just, I don't think the NBA is ever going to be able to compile that in order. I mean, because every season is so different. I, I just, I don't think we're ever going to get like, hey, these are the bullet points. So you have to check these boxes in order to be MVP. Mm -hmm. That's not going to happen. Uh, but to the counter to why Damian isn't there, isn't in that conversation is because what Embiid is doing is all of those things and more. Um, and, but you're right. Like Embiid has Simmons. Uh, he also has Tobias Harris, uh, knocking down shots left and right. So like, you know, Jokic, I think for instance, would be maybe the better comparison. Like why would Jokic get the nod more so than Damian? And then the answer would be their, their records identical, but Jokic is putting up like stats, like, like insane efficient stats. Like he's almost 60% from the field. I think he's like 40% from three and he's like 90% from the line. Like he's it's insane. Yeah. So, and, and I think Dame's numbers are very close to that. Like they're very similar, maybe not as high on the, on the field goals because he's taking fucking 30 footers all the time. Uh, and he's quite good at those, but it's just like nothing that Dame has done can, for me, he can't leapfrog what Jokic is doing. He can't leapfrog what Embiid is doing unless they get out of the six seed, right? Unless they start popping into the one, two, three seed conversation, even a three is probably too low. And that's unfortunate, but like, that's what you have to do, right? Like, <laughs> you know, Giannis won MVP. Milwaukee was the number one seed both of those years in the East. And I think at least one of those years had the best record in the NBA. And he has identical numbers this year. Harden won it as the number two seed, but he was going up against maybe the best team ever, Crea mm -hmm. created in the Warriors mm -hmm. and was putting up 37 points a night. So like, you know, there, there is, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of good players and there should be a wider conversation. I will give you that. I wish there was more horses in the race that were talked about more frequently. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, the media is what it is and, and our eyeballs are going to go to where the top teams are, which is why I guess, you know, in your statement, in your, in your, like when, like what we're talking about, like why isn't Donovan Mitchell being brought up more mm -hmm. in MVP? Right, like that would be the counter, and 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 the obvious answer to that is his stats are not nearly as good as those other guys we talked about, even though that they're the best team right now record wise. But I also think there's a little bit of false, uh, false narrative as the as the the Utah Jazz being the best team in the NBA. I don't think that they are the best team in the NBA. They're so good though. They're Drew. great. I hate saying but that. Do you think they're better than the Nets? I, well, I got to see him play. I the answer is no. Well, they they're got not, depth. They got not, depth. I don't think they're better than Milwaukee. I don't think they're better than uh, Philly. I don't think they're better than Brooklyn. I don't think they're better than either the Lakers uh, or the Clippers. And to be quite honest, I think the Suns are just as good as they are. As good as the Jazz? Yeah. Uh, I, I need to see more, I guess. I mean, they're so good. Utah is 16 and 2 at home. They allow the most amount of fans into their arena, which can help a lot, too. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm just so excited for these playoffs. The fact that the Jazz are 29 and 10 in the West, um, in this conference is, is, is crazy. I think the disappointing ones, you know, Dallas at 20 and 18. Well, so I mean, like, based on the, the, like, where we thought everyone was going to be in the preseason, 
the teams that immediately stand out, Utah and Phoenix, obviously doing tremendous. San Antonio, having a great year. Mm-hmm. I did not expect that from them. Um, I, I definitely thought they would be lower in the pack right now. They're in the seventh seed at 20 and 16. Shouts to Popovich and that whole crew. Dallas, like you brought up, shockingly bad. I think for, especially the beginning of the year, they're starting to get their legs back. And Porzingis, man, it, you know when he's rolling, they are a different monster. So they're a different team. When he's hitting, like he pulled up from the logo the other night. I was watching the game. I think it was against Denver. It was probably against the Clippers. Oh, it could have been against the Clippers. Mm-hmm. He was pulling from pulling from Dame Lillard range. Mm-hmm. Like he can do that. Like a free throw. Right. Like it was nothing. Um, so yeah, when he's, when he's there, right? Like that's, that's, I, that's the big thing with Porzingis. It's like, man, he's so good. Can when he just, playing. yeah, stay on the fucking Can you court. Give me 10 games in a row. <laughs> KP. Right. Yeah. I can't get excited about him anymore because <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, and then really on, on the East, it's such a crapshoot this year. I think Charlotte is outperforming expectations at, in the five seed, but I don't think their record is necessarily outperforming what we thought. I think just in general, the East is worse than we might've expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, the only surprises in the East are, are Charlotte and the Knicks. Like those two teams are are doing way better than I expected them to. Um, shout out to Tibbs, of course. And Tibbs and is the, great. And the I want to ask you a question really fast. You saw Julius Randle almost kill the ref the other night, right? Yeah. Okay. And so, first of all, am I wrong at this? But he was completely wrong. Like you have to let the. I even talked to our NBA friend. He was wrong. He was a hundred percent wrong. It should have been a jump ball. Well, no. It should have been a jump ball. You got to let that ball go and hit the no, ground. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about well, like when they go to when they go and look at when it. When they go look at it, uh-huh. yeah, the guy definitely hit the ball. It was all ball. It was Kyrie, and it was in the yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It was Kyrie. Uh, it was in his jump shot, mm-hmm. and and the ball got stuck. That is a jump ball. That's that's what that is. I so what I see, and when when I talk to our referee friend, Kyrie got his hand like tapped it right. But Julius never let go of the ball. Right. So then he comes back down with the ball. And then dribbles. And then dribbles. Travel. To travel. And so I'm listening to your boys uh, on the mismatch this morning, and they both said, oh, no, that was a horrible call by the refs. Yeah, they, they don't know what the, those guys never play basketball. Right. Uh, unfortunately, like KOC is great. Chris Vernon, both great. Mm-hmm. I think KOC, I don't know if he ever played a sport, and Vernon was a baseball guy. Right. So like they don't know that moment. In a game, and I've never played in the NBA, but that moment has happened to me multiple times right. over my playing career. Right. Even just playing in pickup. And you don't you don't get to just dribble the ball after that, like come down. It's a it's either a jump ball or you have to let the you have to let Kyrie's motion uh, let the ball fall out of your hands mm-hmm. so that you can pick it up again. Like the ball has to hit the ground without you coming down right. and then dribbling again. The only like way, it's a new possession. The only way that would have worked is if Kyrie hits it while he's going into his jump shot, and then Julius shoots the jump shot before he comes down. He had to. He had to keep. Yeah, he has to let the ball go. <laughs> right. That's the you bottom line. You can't hold the ball. So th- that's the funny thing, though. I'm watching Julius Randle's played way more basketball games than I ever had, but he was so livid at it. That just shows me that maybe he didn't understand you know, the rules of the game to me. Why well, he, he wanted to kill that dude. It was a big moment, right? Yeah. A big moment. New York going, it's like their their rivalry now, if you want to call it that. Right. And I think it's great for the NBA that there is even a bit of animosity between right. the Knicks and the Nets because like they could care less about each other, right? It seems like the Knicks were like, well, who gives a fuck? They're in Brooklyn. I don't, right. we don't care. They're literally five minutes away. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I think it's, it's good to have those teams be rivals. And I love that, you know, that it kind of came down to the wire in that game. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And, and the ending of that game was pretty exhilarating. And, and I think that's a, it's a great point that you're making is I don't think that the, the wrong call was made there. I don't, I think they missed a call that for a jump ball. And you can, you can argue with me and mm-hmm. say that, you know, maybe it shouldn't have been a jump ball because it was such a quick moment of holding there. But typically like when you block a shot in the post, and that happens, and a guy goes up, and he can't let go of the ball. And he comes down. And he comes down. Right. Normally, that's a jump ball. Yeah, okay, I get that. So that's, I mean, I think if that's if if there is a call that was missed, it's that one. Okay. But the call that was made on the floor while they missed the jump ball was not incorrect. But you, could they couldn't change if if the call was travel, right? They can't go and relook at it and say no. Which is, a, I don't know that part. Like, okay. I don't know what can and can't be reviewed. That is such a fucking maze. It is. It, like. It's impossible to know. It is. And so, you know, talking about clarifications for MVP, I would love some clarifications uh, every game as we get into the two-minute, you know, drill where it's like, okay, this is what can be. This is the list of things that can be challenged. Right. These are the definitive things. And then the other part of it is like, I don't, I'm not sure if, uh, if Thibodeau had used his challenge in that game. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if it would have been eligible for challenge. Like it's so difficult to figure out what can be reviewed and what coaches can challenge for. Uh, I don't know, but it, it seemed like in that moment, 
why not look at it further or challenge it? And maybe they did, and they still came out with the determination that Julius Randle traveled because he never let the ball fucking go. He never let it go. But that was uh, that was pretty awesome watching Julius Randle just fucking you go. Don't see that much. Go crazy. Well, I know the players are really fed up with the with the refs this year, and I know a lot of you know we're all a little up, we're all a little fed up because we don't know that you know like what if Kyrie on that you know they call it travel but Kyrie got Julius's hand on that like they can't go back and call it a foul on Kyrie and right. then go to the free throw line it's it's really it's really difficult for me to understand the benefit of reviewing plays if you can't review the plays and that get matter it the right call you can't if right. you can't review the plays that matter down the end of the game then why do we have the challenge or the review at all like it just doesn't make any sense to I me. agree uh, we got a new podcast over at basketballnews.com. We signed the Twitter legend Rex Chapman, White Flight. He's got a new show, the Rex Chapman podcast. It's awesome. The guests he already has. His first episode is with Del Curry, and it's 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 fucking cool, man. Like they talk about Steph and and Seth and just growing up and how they they all knew that they were going to be pros. Del didn't know that they were going to be this good. Steph didn't. They didn't know that Steph was going to be this good. But he's got Shaq lined up. He's got. Well, he was on Etan Thomas's he podcast. Went on Etan. That, he told a great story about his game against uh, Chicago. MJ. Yeah, that was gave very, MJ fifty two. No, thirty nine. Was it thirty nine or fifty? I thought it was fifty two. No, was, maybe MJ had fifty two that game. Maybe and that, Rex had thirty nine. Thirty nine for Rex. Um, but check it out. It's it's a brand new podcast. Again, we have a podcast network on basketballnews.com. Uh, Clips and Drew the follow through. We got dishes and dimes. Etan Thomas with the rematch. James Posey with the postcast, Alex Kennedy uh, with the Alex Kennedy podcast, keeping it 94 with Spencer Davies. Um, Chris Sheridan, we got uh, Nikias Duncan. I mean, we got anything you want over at Basketball News. We're doing a Top Shot giveaway on Thursday night uh, on our Basketball News page. If you're into Top Shot like I am, I am completely obsessed. My whole life savings is going in to moments. I'm figuring <laughs> this game out, Drew. I've got it all figured out. I wish we had, I wish I was able to use. Uh, Spotify, because I'd take them out with some huge Irish so song right now, some beer drinking song. Yeah, of course. The Flogging Mollies is the, always the big one. The, I wish we could play that, but we can't. No. Whatever, Spotify. We're going to have a drink for you guys. Screenshot. Let us know you're listening to the podcast. We will be back in a few days. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew, and we're ghosts. You know what it is. You know what it is. You know where you're at. This is the follow